T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is 710 in the Twin Cities. Uh, Jonathan, uh, our producer, and I were joking with Sloan as she exited the building saying that that we liked her uh, description of the, the upcoming forecast as a quite unpleasant stretch that we would be going through. So elegantly said, Sloan. I think Sloan has been watching Mary Poppins returns <laughs> uh, or the original Mary Poppins because, yeah, there's – there is a way that we could be explaining this weather, but none of it would be uh, FCC approved or applied. Or, or we, <laughs> so we'd be, a quite we'd be off the air. Stretch. We'd be off the air. <laughs> All righty, folks. Uh, well, listen. In our last half hour, we talked with Senator Ron Latz about uh, some measures that he was trying to get through the legislature when it comes to gun control. Measures that that were also being kicked around last year got nowhere. Something else that got proposed last year and didn't get very far was some major changes on combating the opioid epidemic. And there was a news conference this past week that I covered where you had two heavy hitters from the Minnesota State Senate, one Republican, one Democrat, Republican Julie Rosen, uh, also uh, the Democrat, Senator Chris Eaton. They are teaming up to provide uh, some new measures which they say could help combat this scourge that has created such heartache for so many people uh, in our state and across the nation. And no one has done more work on this issue than Lexi Reed Holtham and the Steve Rumler Hope Network. And she has lobbied, lobbied, lobbied uh, the first person I I know who was talking about this a number of years ago, and she is joining us now. Lexi, how are you? I'm doing great, Esme. Thanks so much for having me. Well, absolutely. And it's always great to talk to you. And and I know your organization does such wonderful work. Uh, I know that you've got to be up on what Senator Eaton and Senator Rosen are doing. Uh, You've you've pushed for some things at the the Capitol in past years. You've gotten some things. You haven't gotten other things. What are your thoughts about what they're talking about? You know what? We're just so thrilled. Not only do we have Senator Eaton and Senator Rosen carrying the bill in the Senate, but we've got Representative Olson and Representative Baker carrying it in the House. And um, and we feel that we will have the governor's support in this, too. So this is the year to get it done. We've worked on it for the last three, I think, now. And this year feels like, really, we just have such great bipartisan support and Everyone's aware of the astronomic numbers and costs all the way around, and I feel we're going to get it done. Well, l- let me ask you this, because, um, you know, one of the things, it, it didn't go that far last year, but one of the things that they're talking about, the funding mechanism for, for this, you know, and it's talking about um, public awareness, but also uh, programs at the county level, uh, more monitoring of, of prescriptions to prevent doctor shopping, is mm-hmm. to increase the licensing fee for these pharmaceutical co- pharmaceutical companies that are manufacturing these opioids. I was stunned at that news conference when Senator Julie Rosen said the current fee is two hundred and thirty five dollars. Right. And, and I was like, what? You know, that just seems insane. I mean, I, I 
a lot of people spend more on their license tabs than that. Exactly, Esme. I mean, there are about 72 opioid manufacturers, distributors that sell their products in our state, and they make billions in profit per quarter, and they all only pay $235 to have the um, the privilege of doing so. And the public health costs, we know that it's costing Minnesota. In 2015, it cost roughly around $5.8 billion for per um, for the healthcare, criminal justice, and productivity loss that we saw in Minnesota alone. Well, as I just, I was just shocked. I was, you know, I think I asked her twice. I said, "You said two hundred and thirty-five dollars." I mean, that just seems shocking. And obviously, that there's room for expansion there. W- how high do you think it should be? Well, you know, the, what they're proposing, and the House and the Senate are both looking at the same funding mechanism, is really fair and reasonable. They're looking at how many units or what their gross sales were in the year before, and then asking them to per- pay a percentage of those sales to okay. come up with revenue that's around $20 million. So I wasn't like really quite clear. I feel... Um, that we could, you know, there's just no real dollar amount that you can put on the destruction that's been caused. But I feel like the funding mechanism that we see that Senator Rosen, Senator um, Eaton have proposed is really smart and fair. Right. Well, and certainly, I, I think reasonable to, to say the least. Let me ask you, uh, because this prop, this issue has evolved, um, you know, I think maybe eight years ago, 10 years ago, people were focusing more exclusively on doctor shopping, which is still a problem or overprescribing. And, and, you know, the, the physicians have to kind of weigh in on this. But you also have all of this stuff that's apparently available on the black market, you know, on the Internet uh, that's coming in most of the time from China. How, is there sort of a percentage of what is worse or is it all – obviously, it's all bad, but but mm-hmm. how much of a problem is, is the stuff coming in from China illegally and how much of the problem is people doctor shopping? Well, that's a great question. So, Esme, you know, one of the things that we know for sure is that 80 percent of those people that are using those illegal drugs started – um, by using prescription opiates. Wow. So we okay. Know for, yeah. So I think it's a really good question. In our state, we still see the numbers. The impact is primarily from prescription opioids. It's just that the, the street drugs are so deadly. And part of the problem is, is that we've been prescribing this way. This has been going on for 20 years where we've been over-prescribing prescription opioids. And now we're left in a position where we haven't had the things in place to titrate people down off of it when they're addicted to it, to get people the help that they need. And all of the burden has fallen on our state budget. And we haven't had the, the ability to put in place things to, to help people. And so... Um, as we expect, we will see the number of people dying from illegal street drugs, fentanyl coming from China, coming from other places, um, increase as we see the death numbers come down from pills prescribed as we tighten things up. But we still have to keep in mind that the whole problem started. If we have 80% of the individuals who are using illegal street drugs started with a prescription opioid, 
that's where the core of the problem started. Those distributors and manufacturers are the only ones not at the table trying to help create the solutions. And so that's that's the purpose for this bill is to hold them accountable and create the revenue that we need, which has made it's just so um, the outline and the details and the specifics of helping everybody from children and families to law enforcement, to those individuals impacted by the disease of addiction, the bill will ensure that we have a start. But even if we raise $20 million, that's still nowhere near right. the cost of offsetting $5.8 billion in 2015 in costs, right? Right. Well, let me ask you this. Are you, you know, as you look at um, the prescription monitoring end of this, the doctor shopping, and you say 80 percent, I mean, that's a staggering figure, 80 percent start with, you know, those those prescription medications. Are you at all concerned that as you work on this, and obviously it needs to be worked on, that people might increasingly turn to the stuff that's coming in, obviously, from China and other places? Yes. I'm really glad you brought that up, Esme, because that is one of the problems that we've been seeing. And we know it's going to continue to happen if we don't create the resources to help people, not only with chronic pain um, or acute pain, but also with addiction. If we don't create the resources to help them when they're identified as doctor shopping, when they're identified as somebody with the disease of addiction, if we just kick them out of medical clinics and don't provide individuals with care, then they will turn to the illegal street drugs and um, we will see more and more death, more and more criminal activity, more and more loss of productivity in workplaces and all of those public health um, crises that we're now in. So we are concerned about that, which is another reason to pass this legislation is just to create a continuum of care for individuals from when they walk into their doctor's office and they're identified as somebody who has the disease of addiction all the way through until they're done with their treatment, they're back in their communities, they're being productive members of society. Again, we want to give them the resources to have ongoing health care that supports them being um, back contributing members of society. Chatting with Lexi Reed Holtum. She is uh, the executive director of the Steve Rummer Hope Network. Um, I know one of the aspects of of Senator Rosen and Senator Eaton's bill is to talk about continuing education for healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you and and I've talked to you about this, you know, and I'll I'll mention it again, again, just in my own life, you know, my my then teenage, well, he's still a teenager, uh, son who was then a minor had surgery where he was knocked out, but it was, you know, it was outpatient surgery, didn't spend the night in the hospital. And we were given, I think, 40 pills, and it was like take every eight hours for pain. And I could see some people kind of going home with that thing of pills and giving the kid a pill every eight hours. But because I've talked to you so many times, I was just going, oh, no. Uh, and I gave him half a pill, and he, then he was fine with, with Advil. And nobody said anything to me, but I just knew it because I've talked to you so many times. I mean, mm-hmm. are you – is there enough on the doctor's plates? Or has that improved? Well, certainly not enough, right? This is just 
sometimes, Esme, I'm floored by the lack of knowledge on on all levels. And I think in part that's due to the fact that I'm in it every day and we see the consequences. I mean, we know for a fact that three people die in Hennepin County alone every week, right? We know for a fact that Hennepin County serves six to 12 pregnant women a day who have opioid addiction. Many of them probably were prescribed by their primary care doctors while they were pregnant with opioids. Mm. I mean, it's just insanity. So no, it hasn't gone far enough. I don't think that we will have the solutions in play that we really need until, you know, until doctors are actually screening for the disease of addiction in a really non-judgmental, supportive way, like we do with diabetes. And do you wear your seatbelt? And, you know, there's so much more room for education. And there are some brilliant programs that have been started over the last couple of years that just need to have the continuing ongoing support. Um, So that's a really good question. And Esme, I'm so glad that you handled it the way you did, because most people really honor and trust their doctors. And when a doctor is telling you, take this pill, get ahead of the pain, you really feel like it's the right, safe thing to do. Right. Well, you know, the but, kid's there with bandages all over his face and, you know, you feel yeah. bad for them. Um, but, but you know, I just I, I almost feel like shouldn't there be some kind of like set thing that, that pharmacists or doctors say, you know, we're giving you these pills. These are highly addictive. These can create life-changing, you know, I mean, you almost feel like that there should be like a speech they give you. Esme, we are going to put you on a, a podium and have you talk <laughs> about it because you're right on. That is exactly true. And that is where we are trying to move consciousness to, awareness, not only prescriber education, but lay people, us as individual citizens have got to start to advocate for our own well, well-being and the reality is that, you know, we are one of own, of two countries in the world that allows direct-to-consumer advertising, right? Us in New Zealand for prescription pills. So we are part I of the... I didn't realize it was just two. Wow. Yeah, it's just us in New Zealand that allows the drug companies to directly advertise to us as lay people, informing us of what pill we should ask our doctors for. And that whole setup is just... And then the way that doctors are incentivized to do their jobs and the whole structure really needs to shift. But one piece at a time is all we can really hope for. And right now, it's we need to do public awareness campaigns for individuals like you so that everybody's aware. So it's not just someone like you and I who have personal knowledge but that right. everyone's aware and then our doctors yeah. and our, you know, our dentists and everybody right. needs to, especially with these young people, their brains are still forming, you know, and especially with everyone, right? Right. We, everyone really needs to understand that these drugs, and we're not advocating, nor is this bill, the opioid product stewardship is not calling for the abolishment of the use of opioids, not at all. Opioids have a really reasonable, good place in medicine, but we have been using them in our country under a, a lie that they are safe and okay if you have chronic pain. And that's caused this public health crisis that is killing more people. More people die of opioids in our country in a single year than died in the entire Vietnam War. 
Wow. than all of the Americans that died in the entire Vietnam War. Wow. And we can do better. And just even in Minnesota alone, since the year 2000, we've had an increase of six, over 600% wow. in deaths from opioids. Wow. And it just continues, even all the good work that we're doing in partnership with you know, private and government organizations and nonprofits across the state. I mean, the Steve Remler Hope Network, we have over... 235 partners in just one of our programs in overdose prevention across the state. So people are doing good work, but the funding isn't there and the awareness isn't there yet and the education isn't there yet. So we do need to continue. Um, and I can't say enough about our legislators. They are. Well, you, you got some heavy hitters there. So. Oh, my gosh. We have. I mean, Julie Rosen and Chris Eaton together. I mean, that's that's a that's a powerful duo. They are so committed and amazing and working across the uh, across parties and just really engage engaging their caucus. But, you know, I want to be sure to let everybody know as well as me that we are having our third annual Opioid Awareness Day on the Hill. And that's coming up next Wednesday. And we will be having our first um, hearing in the House um, Health and Human Services finance policy, sorry, health and human services policy. And that hearing is at 2.30 and it's in room 200 in the house. And Opioid Awareness Day on the Hill starts at um, one o'clock in the rotunda. And we have a registration that happens at noon um, next Wednesday. So I, you know, I really invite everyone to come down. And if you can't come, come down, certainly call your legislators and let them know to support this bill. This will do no harm to anyone. As a matter of fact, it will create good resources around the disease of addiction, specifically to opioids. It'll create resources for a continuum of care, for families, for children, and for those suffering with chronic pain. We definitely are advocating for better solutions, more solutions, and for easy access to individuals that do need opioids. Well, Alexi, uh, thank you so much, uh, and we will absolutely be following uh, this journey as it uh, this, this measure tries to go through the legislature. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Esme, if people want more information, they can just find us on Facebook or go to our website. The Steve Rumler Hope Network. Thanks, Lexi. Thank you, Esme. Okay, take care. I went over a little bit on that segment, but uh, it's something that, that does – that that organization does so much good for so many people, and it's going to be interesting to see, to follow that through the legislative process. All right, folks, we have to take a break. Coming up, weather and also the Thrifty Traveler, a new travel website. All right, folks, 735 in the Twin Cities. We were up a degree to six degrees. Uh, if you just heard my forecast, you might be thinking, this is the time to get out of town. Uh, and actually, you know, something, one of uh, the wonderful photojournalists that I work with over at uh, TV and have for years, he always takes these two weeks off. <laughs> and every year I say, Garrett, you are so smart, dude, for taking these two weeks off because generally these are the coldest weeks of the year. But I was uh, on our 9 a.m. show on the TV side and I was listening to an interview. Jason and Heather were interviewing uh, – a gentleman called Jared Kamarowski. I apologize that our, my show notes says Jason Kamarowski. 
Uh, it's Jared Kamrowski, and I hope I'm saying that correctly, and he is the founder of Thrifty Traveler. It's a really cool website and doing very, very well. And Jared is joining us right now. Hey, Jared, how are you? Hey, Esme. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, and I apologize. And am I saying your last name correctly? You did. Okay, great. You nailed it. All right. Well, listen, let me ask you. I'm sort of – I'm always intrigued. Why don't you tell us about what your business is? Sure. So uh, I find flight deals for a living. Uh, I used to be a CPA. I worked in banking for eight years right after I got out of college. Um, and I just loved finding deals, specifically flight deals, and how to like maximize you know, credit card travel rewards, that kind of thing. Uh, and my wife was like, you got to create a website because everybody keeps asking us about this. So make it a little bit easier on yourself. So, and which you did, and it's it's the thrifty the website's the thrifty traveler, thriftytraveler dot com, Let me ask you this: so you were one of these people because I've seen the stories and just looking at your website, it sounds like you were one of these people who was kind of maxing out the points on on credit cards and getting these amazing deals for next to nothing. Is that how you got started? Yeah, it kind of, it all started out with, you know, I was traveling a hundred nights a year. I was traveling all over the U S for, for, uh, for your work, for work. Yeah. And I was figuring out how all these different points and miles programs work. Um, and you know, once you kind of figure out how the systems work, there's these little like, uh, sweet spots and there's incredible value. Um, and then, so I created a website all about points and miles. And then ultimately you know, people are interested about points and miles, but credit cards, you know, aren't for everybody. But, you know, flight deals, that was also a passion of mine, kind of in the same travel vein. Um, and that's where we've really um, become quite popular. Uh, right. Specifically and, and you can subscribe deals. on your website. Uh, the, the, it, it's free. You can also get a premium subscription, which is $35 a year, where you can actually tailor the deals to where you live, which obviously for me, it's Minneapolis. Uh, and, and so I'll be getting deals that are targeted at people who live in Minneapolis who want to get out of Minneapolis like today. Um, how has that gone over? So, so you're saying it's the deals part that, that's done really well. Yeah. Well, people get super excited, you know, especially people in, in Minneapolis. Obviously, we have this unpleasant stretch of weather that's ahead of us next week. Um, but, you know, one of the cool things is, you know, we don't just find, you know, flight deals from like the major metropolitan areas like Minneapolis, you know. We also find deals from International Falls, like Fargo, Bemidji, Des Moines, uh, Rochester. So it's like places where people normally would be like, there's deals out of you know Fargo? I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. And, and so how long have you been doing this? So Thrifty Travel has been around since 2015. Uh, I've been doing it full time for uh, a little over a year, a uh, year and a half. And uh, we currently have five full time people here in Minneapolis. Well, that is really, really cool. So he started off with, with your sort of having these little hacks and then your wife saying – and very smart of your wife saying you, you should really start a website and then you evolved more into the, the actual deals. Yep, that's, that's exactly it. We kind of uh, were like, well, what do people want? And I was like, well, what, what, what would I want in a service? And, you know, it's tough to find flight deals. It's not easy and, we, you know, you don't have time to constantly be looking for the best deal. You know, being able to send out alerts to people to let them know, oh, you know, there's a cheap flight to, you know, Chicago. Um, you know, if you're a little flexible with your dates, you know, maybe this will work for you. Right. Um, and that's really what people want. It's super simple and easy to understand. 
Uh, we're talking with Jared Kamarowski. He's the founder of Thrifty Traveler, and the website is thriftytraveler.com. Now, do people and, – and I've just sort of started playing around with your website. Do people, when they see the flight deal, do they have to book it through you? Nope. You book directly through the airline. So the one tool we always tell people to use, you know, if you're looking for flight deals with Priceline or Expedia, stop doing that. Just use Google Flights. And through Google Flights, you can book directly through the airline. So it'll take you right to Delta.com, American, or United.com. And that's the easiest way to do it. Okay. Because I, you know, personally, and I don't travel a lot. I'm hoping to travel more. But, you know, I have gotten... I've had trouble on some of these uh, sites where you book through the site to get a discount because I've found that that they there's zero flexibility, and and, and if there's a problem at all, you're kind of left holding the pieces. Uh, is that your experience? And obviously, you're not doing that. But but do you have any sort of general warnings about those sites, or does it just depend on the situation? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah, anytime you can remove, you know, that middleman or that third party, it makes it a lot easier. Let's say you had a delay or a missed connection. You know, when you book directly to the airline, you call the airline and you figure it out. Right. I just – in my own personal experience, I've had problems. I, I know other people may, may not have, but that's just something that I've um, seen. You also have advice on the credit card hacks. Uh is that something that people – and I've actually started just sort of playing around with this, trying to get like extra points or whatever. And then there are people like you and, and you know, and there are other websites as well that are com- solely devoted to, to, to credit cards and, and points. Is that something that, that has pitfalls or can it – do you have to be careful about how you do it? Uh, and most of the time when you get one of these credit cards – in order to get the points, you got to spend maybe two thousand dollars by a certain, you know, in three months or something like that. Yeah, no. So th- th- as far as pitfalls, I mean, let's be honest. Credit card debt in the United States is a huge problem. Right. So you know, if you are carrying credit card debt, you know, trying to get in the the the, the credit card travel reward space is probably not for you just yet. But if you're the person who you know pays off you know your statement every single month. Um, it's insane. <laughs> the value. I mean, if you go to like uh, my Instagram page at thrifty travel, you can see I've flown like business class and first class products all over the world on points and miles only. Um, you know, flights would cost, you know, 10 or $20,000. And, um, you know, granted I've been doing this for a decade now. Um, but you know, just dipping your feet in, um, there's so many options and so many different cards. You can you know, just try one card and, you know, maybe pay for a trip, you know, to, to Orlando, um, you know, maybe once a year. Um, there's there's simple options, and there's of course you peel back layers of the onion, and it gets very complicated. But that's the nerdy stuff that I really love. Right, because I mean, I, I've seen the stories on, on on the networks where somebody's, you know, these young couples, such as yourself, you know, is holding up, you know, twenty credit cards, and they've gone around the world on these points, but they're paying them off every month. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm doing, um, and it is possible. Uh, but yeah, there definitely are some pitfalls. Of course, you know you've got to be paying on time every month. That's the most important thing. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, you have 20 credit cards. You know, your credit score must be awful." And that's uh, that's not exactly true. Um, the most important thing is paying on time every month. Um, you know, I've had a lot of credit cards over the last decade, and I still have a over 800 credit score. So. 
Um, you'd be surprised at uh, how that actually works. Right. Okay. Fascinating. You also have uh, seminars where, where people can. Uh, I know that there was one a few weeks ago, but you actually hold seminars and teaching people how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So we we sold out uh, the last two or three of them. We had uh, in Minneapolis, and then we had one in Fargo, um, where we have a hundred, a hundred and fifty people, and we do a whole day seminar from nine a.m. to kind of four p.m. with our team. Uh, and we just talk about all these are the best ways to save on travel. These are the best, you know, credit cards if that's for you. It's kind of a buffet thing of, uh, you know, people pick and choose what kind of travel hacks they'd like to implement. And uh, we've gotten really good feedback and it helps people save thousands of dollars. So, you know, what's not to like about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we're chatting with Jared Kimrowski. He is the founder of Thrifty Traveler. The website is thriftytraveler.com. And it's not, uh, if you're, sort of heard about you know, the points thing. There are websites that are exclusively devoted to just point hacking and, and, and acquiring points through various credit cards. Your website really does a lot more than that. And I, I think that one of the things, it, it also has all these deals that you can sign up for. One of the things I, I thought was kind of interesting is that you have, and this is part of the free part of your website, is just you have like a beginner's program on how to, to begin doing this. Uh, a beginner's guide. Kind of walk us through that because I think I think it's something that uh, people may think this sounds awfully complicated, or maybe I've got to be super rich to do it, or uh, and that's not the case. No, yeah, and I think a lot of people assume that oh, to get you know travel rewards or hotel points or you know like Delta Sky miles, you know I have to travel a lot, and that is absolutely not true. I earn. 90, probably 95% of the points of miles from credit cards, not actually flying, even though I do fly over 100,000 you know, miles a year. Um, so that's a, that's a big, that's a, a thing you have to wrap your head around right away is you know, these points and miles, you know, you can earn from these sign up bonuses are incredibly, incredibly valuable. Um, so right away, you know, the most basic thing is, you know, let's say you wanted to sign up for, you know, like a Delta American Express card. You know, before you do that, create a Delta Sky Miles account if you don't already have one. Um, but then, yeah, just sign up for, you know, one card and, you know, tr- try it out. Um, get the points and then, you know, try to book those those points as, as quickly as possible. Um, I guess because over time, if you hold points for years, you know, they get less valuable because the airlines are always making it making the points worth less and less every year. Oh, interesting. Um, um, and it's not just um, the airlines that have these rewards programs. There's actually hotels, and I'm just looking at, at your beginner program. Does that work the same way? I'm not. I'm not familiar with those. Yeah. So let's say that you you want to stay at a Marriott hotel or a Hyatt hotel or you know like the IHG a chain of hotels like the Holiday Inn. Um, they all have their own co-branded credit cards. Um, with with different credit card banks like Chase, City, uh, or American Express, uh, and you can definitely earn the sign up bonuses, you know, on those cards as well. So that's kind of a multifaceted approach. You know, the most expensive things when you do travel are the flights and your lodging, and if you can reduce those costs, um, you know, then you know, going out to eat, going on excursions, um, it makes it a lot more affordable. And then you say you know, one of the issues, and because I actually have just sort of done this myself with the Delta, um, the, the Delta American Express card, because I realized I could get seventy thousand points, and I did do that. And you do have to, you know, spend three thousand dollars to do that. 
but what I was able to do was spend it on stuff that I or was already going to be spending it on. Like I didn't go out and buy a motorcycle, which I wouldn't use. But I guess and what you're arguing here is pay those things which you have to pay, like your rent on a credit card, which I think most people wouldn't think of paying their rent on a credit card. But you can even – you're even say pay your taxes. Can you really pay your taxes on a credit card? Yeah, you can actually. If you go to the IRS website, they have three different options and it has uh, less than 2% fee. So you know, paying your taxes, which is obviously, uh, obviously something none of us enjoy, at least you know, maybe if you had to you know, pay in $3,000 instead of just paying cash from your checking account, you know, put it on a new credit card and earn a sign-up bonus. Um, you'd have you know, a, a small fee. You know, maybe fifty to seventy-five dollars, but that that fifty thousand, uh, you know, point sign-up bonus is probably worth you know five hundred to seven hundred fifty dollars worth of free travel. Right, or else you know the grocery store, but then you just have to pay that off. I mean, you're obviously going to have to spend money at the grocery store anyway. Right. Uh, so, so, so that kind of thing. Um, are there any things or any um, things that people should be wary of. And obviously, folks, go, go to the website because it, it's it's a cool website and it is aimed at people who don't do this for a living or don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, whereas some of the other websites I think that are devoted especially specifically to, to just points are pretty technical, whereas you're, I think you do a really nice job of kind of talking to people who, who don't do this and, and how they can start. Uh, and again, the website thriftytraveler.com. dot uh, com. What is what is the thing people have to be wary of the most? Do you think? Um, probably just taking it too fast because um, it does get complicated. Because you know, you if you have multiple cards, and you have to you know track you know when the payments are due. And the worst thing that could happen is you know you'd miss a payment and you know have to pay a late fee, or if you miss you know two payments and it damages your credit score. That's the thing that you absolutely you know want to avoid. But if you you know, have like, don't have a problem, you know, about uh, keeping track of a couple credit cards. Um, you know, it's definitely something to consider. I mean, the banks are, you know, putting that carrot on a stick, you know, the 50,000, you know, point sign up bonus, hoping that you, you know, I would assume, uh, you know, go into debt. Uh, and we're just trying to avoid that because we're definitely very fiscally conservative. Um, you know, we don't want that to happen to people at all. Right. Well, it is, as I said, um, it, it's a very cool website. And it, I, I think I like the fact that it is aimed at people who aren't, you know, multimillionaires and, and who may not have done this kind of thing. And uh, I actually just happened to have started playing around with it a little bit myself before I saw the interview with you on WCCO TV. Uh, and it's it's a cool website. And I, and I, I love hearing sort of the backstory about how you, you got started, because I think it's one of the most interesting things when you find somebody who's successful with a business. I always want to know how they start, and I, I think it's. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you thank your wife every day <laughs> for giving you the idea of starting a website because it's it's a nice website, and obviously you guys have done really really well. So, uh, Jared, thank you so much for joining us, and and I'll have to chat with you again. Absolutely, thanks for having me, Esme. All right, that's Jared Kamarowski, and and check out the website. I mean, it's thriftytraveler.com. And it's just ways – he's got deals, so like really cheap flights, but he also has this other side about taking advantage of these credit card sign-up bonuses. And as he said, there are some pitfalls. You, you can't – got to pay it off every month. But if you do that, uh, you can really sort of keep adding up the points and get some free travel. And who doesn't like to do that?
All right, folks, we have to take a break, a break, much more uh, a break, a break, <laughs> a break. Um, much more ahead here on this Saturday evening. We've got David Schultz coming up at 8 o'clock. We've got the weather. We've got craziness. So keep it here. News Talk 830. Oh, six degrees. We've gone up a degree. Let's hear it for us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Listen, we've had a great show so far, but we've got David Schultz up, coming up, and I can't wait to ask him uh, his thoughts on the fallout from the end of the shutdown. And also, I- I'm really curious about his view of the indictment of Roger Stone, uh, the longtime associate of President Trump, who uh, – Really is a you got you got to give it to him. He's a character. I mean, most people after they've been busted in a raid, uh, a dawn raid at your house, aren't don't come out swinging. He certainly did. Uh, flashing also that Nixonian V for victory, double V. If people are old enough to remember that, uh, it was uh, obviously evocative of that. And Roger Stone had actually worked for Richard Nixon, and Roger Stone also has a very large tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back, and it's in between his shoulder blades. This is not just, you know, your little bitty tattoo. This is a biggie. You know, wasn't sure that that was uh, – I wonder how many – I wonder how many tattoo artists have that in their repertoire. I, I can't imagine that that's something that's kind of a standard, like the snake or the dragon or the tiger. Richard Nixon. All right, folks. David Schultz still ahead. News Radio 830. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. T 